Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I never saw, I never saw a blue sky until the day I became a Christian. And all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. I can't explain it. But the sky was blue. Anybody? I, I, don't, I don't know what happened, but the grass was green. I never saw green grass. Of course, I'm from Philly and everything is concrete. But that's beside the point. I never saw green grass. And I mean, it was green and the sky was blue and I was excited. And Matthew is excited. He wanted to celebrate his new life. He wanted his friends to experience the new life that he has experienced. Now, I'll tell you something. The best time to win people to Christ is when you first become a Christian. Isn't it true? Because that's when you're most excited. That's when you're really, really excited about the Lord. I love to be around new Christians. You know, it's, it's the truth. New Christians are the ones going out there getting people to come to church. Have you noticed that? New Christians are excited. They're the ones out there telling people to come to church. You know, the old Christians, the old crusty, moldy, old Christians. They don't tell anybody about the Lord. It's like, well, you know, I'm spiritual now. And, uh, you know, we just need to calm down and... You'll cool off as the years go on as you're Christian and we need to be sober and not offensive. And, you know, and we and, and the new old Christians, they don't, they don't bring anybody to the Lord. New Christians, man, they go out that door. They are telling so many people that I love to be around new Christians because they're excited about Jesus. They're excited about the things of God. They want to see people come to the Lord. They're happy and excited. Old Christians are like the frozen chosen. No, um, no, we just, no, we just don't clap our hands. New Christians are like, yes, God is so good. I love being around new Christians. New Christians are the ones bringing people to Christ and going out and telling Christians, you got to come and hear this stuff. I haven't, I've never heard anything like this. You've got to hear it. Come to the house of the Lord. And so Matthew, celebrating his new life, he throws a party to introduce there his friends to Jesus with all sinners there. Man, that blows me away. Jesus went to a sinner party. And everybody's enjoying it. And Jesus is a friend of sinners. And he's sitting there. I'm confident Jesus is sitting there and sinners are just listening. And sinners like to be around Jesus. You ever see that in the scriptures? They love to be around Jesus. Because Jesus didn't condemn them. Jesus didn't put him down. Jesus didn't say, hey, if you don't believe in me, you're going to hell. Sinners. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus just sat there. I can imagine if we were there and he was just talking about heaven. He said, hey, man, heaven's a great place. Yeah, Jesus, tell me more. Oh, yeah, man, the father's there and the throne is there. and It's an awesome place. And 
You know, just telling them about the Father, telling them about heaven, talking about the things of God, just teaching them some simple things about the kingdom. Jesus wasn't condemning them and telling them that they were going to hell and they've got to love him. No, he was just talking to them. This is a great part. Sinners love to be around Jesus. Religious people, they don't like to be around Jesus. Why? Because it's about relationship, not about religion. And it's the religious people. Did you notice that? The religious people had a hard time with Jesus. When the Pharisees saw that Jesus was eating with the tax collectors and the sinners, they asked the disciples, they said, what is he, why is he doing that? And then in verse 12, 12 in your Bibles, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. In other words, the kind of people that Jesus comes to are those who are sin sick and realize they need healing. You see, all of the people at this party in the eyes of our Lord were like patients and he was the doctor. And it makes perfect sense. He is a doctor. And when you're a doctor or you're a physician, you like to be around sick folks. It just makes sense. He likes to, you know, if you're a doctor here this morning, you like to be around sick people. Otherwise, why would you be a doctor? You like it when people are coughing in your face and giving you germs. You love this. I know you do. That's why you're a doctor. I think. And so Dr. Jesus, he loves to be around sick people. And Dr. Jesus properly diagnosed our problem, our sin problem, and he provides the cure. And then he paid for the medication, which would be his sacrifice on Calvary's tree. Hey, that's a thought. What if we had doctors who would see us and then treat us and then pay the bill for you? Now, that would be good, man. I say let's vote for it because they're the ones with all the money. I'm poor. And I'm, I'm poor. I, I can't even afford the other OR. They, are, they got the money. Let them pay the bill. Amen, saints? Yeah, let's go out and do it now. Come on, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm back here. No. Man, Jesus loved people. And he loved to be around sick people. And then Jesus says in verse 13 in your Bibles, notice, he says, what I'm doing is biblical. I'll show you mercy. I want to see mercy. I'm showing mercy. In Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, the living Bible reads it this way, and I like that. It reads, I don't want your sacrifices. I want your love. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. You see, the Pharisees were offering sacrifices, but they weren't showing mercy. They would go to the synagogue and fast and tithe, but they didn't show mercy. And Jesus is saying, I want you to learn something. I want sacrifice. I want mercy. I want compassion. And I want concern for my people. And I don't want religion. God does not want religion. God wants relationship. Religion is what you can do to please God. God is not interested in that. 
God is into relationship, meaning you understand what he's done for you and you respond to it in faith and love. That's the difference between religion and relationship. Religion is what you do. Relationship is what he's done. Amen, saints? And that's what he says he's interested in. Not religion. Man, the church, have you noticed, have gotten so religious. The church is so religious and there's so much into form over substance and there's so much into getting people in the church. Whatever happened to getting people in the church that they might come and be saved and know Jesus? Whatever happened to getting people in the church that they might be born again and their lives are changed and their hearts are changed and they go and they serve God and they make a difference for the kingdom of God? Whatever happened to getting people in the church for that expected end? Nowadays, We want to get people in the church for the money so we can build our kingdom for the money so we can have our big churches and talk about how big our churches are and how big our ministries are. And that's religion. God's not interested in that. God's interested in people who come through that door who say, you know what? I'm broken. I'm bruised. I'm sick. God is interested in people who come through that door and people who are in this church who will say to those people, this is a hospital. You can come just as you are. You don't have to fix up. You don't have to get dressed up. You don't have to have the right clothes and you don't have to bring your checkbook. Whatever happened to people just coming in and loving people? Instead, people come through the doors and we look at what they're wearing. That skirt is too tight. Girl, don't you know, we, you know, we got an extra skirt over in the back. You need to, we got a little clothes closet back there. You know, looking at people's clothing and things of that nature, don't do that. When people come through the door and they're dressed inappropriately, you know what you say? Hey, how you doing? Come sit with me. How you, what's your name? Sit with me. And when you love people, you know what will happen? God will take the power of his word and use it on their hearts. You won't have to tell them to change their clothes. They'll, they'll, God will show them that. The Holy Spirit will show them that. And next time they come to church, they'll be dressed appropriately. Is that all right? Just love people. It's not about religion. It's all about relationship. And that's what Jesus is saying. I desire mercy. I desire compassion. Don't forget. We were all in this place at one point in our lives. Religion kills your ability to have relationship. And so Jesus says, new life. Matthew has new life. And he invites people to come and experience Jesus. I love that. And not only new life, but also new joy and new love. Look at verse 15, verse 14 and 15 again. You remember John the Baptist. He was fasting, you remember him, and he was wearing camel hair and and eating honey and grasshoppers, and his disciples were probably doing the same. Eating camel, wearing burlap and itchy clothes and eating grasshoppers and honey, and his disciples were doing the same. But Jesus and his disciples, notice, were hanging out at Matthew's house and they're having a party. And John's disciples come to Jesus and say, why are you having fun and we are bummed out and partying? And you guys are partying and eating and and we're fasting and wearing itchy clothes and eating honey and locusts. But isn't that true of religious people? 
They always look at your liberty and go, now, how come you guys are fat feasting and we're fasting? Look, I don't know. Just, well, look, why don't you come on and feast with us? Come, have a party. You can. Well, religious people are always looking at what you do and what you don't do. You know, believe it or not, we had our Christmas deal here. I didn't tell you this. We had our Christmas deal here, and... Um, and uh, you guys remember we had the little kids, the Calvary's Angels, we called them. And, and, and they were dancing. If you were here for New Year's, it was actually New Year's, the New Year's deal. And the kids were up here dancing in Calvary's Angels. If you were here, clap your hands, would you? Clap your hands. Okay, that's a good number. So you remember them. And the kids were here, and they were dancing, and they were, they were you know, dancing the Christian kind of hip-hop music. And they were like, get up, get up, raise a roof, raise a roof, raise, you know. And they were so cute. And I love it. You know, Pat, I love music. So I'm up there, yeah, all right, Jesus in the house, you know, enjoying it. And then afterward, someone came up and they said, well, now, Pastor, you know, I, you know, what'd you think about the kids, you know, dancing in the church? And I said, well, I enjoyed it. What'd you think about it? And they said, well, I'm the house of God. I mean, I don't know. I said, well, I, I absolutely loved it. I, I think it was great. And me personally, I would rather those kids be in the house of the Lord on New Year's Eve, loving the Lord. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand. That's all right, because that's true. And so often we are so, we are so worried about the sanctuary. And we're so worried about the building that we miss the people. And what we're telling our kids is it is okay to have a good time in the Lord. It is okay to be joyous in the Lord. People think Christians don't have fun. And legalists love to cause you to look at you and go, now, no, Christians shouldn't do this and Christians shouldn't do that. And can Christians watch movies and can Christians drink and can Christians smoke and can Christians dance? We've all heard that. And, you know, I've told you. You know, somebody asked me, can Christians dance? I said, some can and some can. <laughs> I can. You, you. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. I, I don't know about you, maybe, and some shouldn't. <laughs> Amen. Can Christians wear makeup? Can ladies wear makeup and all that? I'm, some should. I mean... <laughs> I mean, what's up with all this legalism in the church? You know, these are little girls and they're loving the Lord. And this is the way we can get them into the house of the Lord to be a blessing. The joy of the Lord, the Bible says the joy of the Lord. You know it. Say it with me. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Satan would love to take your joy. Satan would love to cause you to think all oh, Christians are boring. Man, Christians, we can't do any boring Christians. Jesus said, I came to give you joy. He came to give you life and that more abundantly. We can have a good time loving the Lord, walking with the Lord, being joyous in the Lord. And that will cause the world to look at us and say, why are they so happy? Look at the world situation. Look at what's going on here and what's going on there. Why aren't the Christians all sad? And we can say, because we have Jesus in our heart. And it is Jesus who gives us the joy of the Lord. And he gives us peace, which passes all understanding. This joy is unspeakable and full of glory. That's why I'm happy. You right. Pastor is happy. 
Why? Because of Jesus. Amen, saints? It's not because everything is peachy. Everything is not peachy. But Jesus is in my heart. And he gives me joy. And he will give you joy. This new joy that he has come to give. So very important. Don't lose your joy. Don't lose your joy. Don't lose your joy. I can tell when somebody looks like they lost their joy because they look like they've been sucking on lemons. How you doing, brother? Well, I'm spiritual. It's like, never mind. Don't lose your joy. Uh Uh-uh. No matter what's going on, God's in control. What's going on in your life today? God's in control, whatever it is. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Be encouraged and be joyous. It's so important. New life and new love and new joy. So very important. And then as an illustration, Jesus says, can the friend of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? In other words, Jesus is saying, when you get married, it's a joyous thing. I do weddings here at Calvary Chapel. We do weddings and all the pastors do actually. And and uh, and, uh, and when I do weddings, I, I, I like to make people laugh. I love to make people laugh when we do weddings. I love it because people come up afterwards and they say, and it never fails. It's the truth. People come up afterwards and they say, man, I've never been to a wedding like that. Man, we, we actually enjoyed it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Does that mean all the other weddings you went to, including yours, you didn't enjoy? Now, come on, sister. Confess. And it, oh, it was fun. It was great. It was, it, we, we laughed and Jesus was here. And that's great to be joyous. No one goes to a wedding and puts on a black suit and is gloomy and bummed out. You shouldn't. You smile and you have a good time and there's music and there's dancing, there's breaking glass and there's fun stuff and it's exciting. And it's not that fasting is wrong. It's just that it wasn't the right thing to do at this moment. Jesus was with them and it was time for parties and not fasting. There will come a day when Jesus would be arrested and crucified and put to death and then would be a time for fasting. But not now. New life, new love, new joy. And then lastly, Jesus offers the new wine of the Holy Spirit. Look at it again in verse 16. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine in old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine in new wineskins, and both are Preserved. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, Jesus is simply saying this. You don't put new denim on old Levi's. Because when you wash them, the cloth is shrunk and causes more problems. And Jesus is saying, I'm not trying to patch up the Pharisees broken down, torn form of religion. I'm not trying to patch up with something old and something new. Jesus says, I'm here to do a whole new thing. The whole new thing is not religion, it's relationship. And you can't patch God's grace, and you can't patch God's mercy, and you cannot patch God's love on the fabric of legalism and Judaism and ritualism and any other ism. 
You can't. It won't work. Grace stands alone and it's new and it's fresh. And you can't put new wine in old wine skins. In those days, they didn't have glass or plastic bottles. They had goat skin. So after they would make wine, they would store it in animal skins. And the new wine would ferment and the old wine skins would then get hard and rigid and stiff. And if you put new wine back in the old wineskins, because of the gases of the fermentation, the new wineskin would burst and the wine and the wineskin would be destroyed. The only way new wine could be stored was in, you guessed it, new wineskins. And so we know that wine is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And wine is also a symbol of joy. And so again, Jesus is saying, I'm doing a new work. I'm pouring the wine of the Holy Spirit in new vessels. Jesus is saying the present institution of Judaism could not and would not contain his new wine. He would someday form a new institution. What's that? That's the church. That's the body of Christ. And this new institution will be made of Jew and Gentile, black and white, male and female. One new man in Christ Jesus. And it is in this one new man, the people of God, the church, that God is going to pour his new wine into. This is a whole new thing. And that's what I love about this church. I told them first service and I told them second. And I'll tell you now, I love this church for this very reason. This is the church of God. This is a church that is made up of all kinds of people. This is a church that is not a black church. It is not a white church. It's not any person's church or any ethnicity's church. This church is the church of Jesus Christ made up of all kinds of people, black people and white people. Have you noticed? Look to your right and look to your left. Go ahead, do it right now. Go ahead, look at them. There's a black person sitting next to you. There's a white person sitting next to you. We have Indian people who attend here, Asian people who attend here. All people attend here. And this is the church of God. This is the church of Jesus Christ. And this is what the church is supposed to look like. Because it is the church in which God has brought together one new man in Christ. And that's what I love about it. Is that God has done all this. I'm not in the racial reconciliation. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to reconcile with you. Are you hearing me? I'm not. You know why? Because I already know we already are reconciled. We are reconciled under the banner and the blood of Jesus. One new man. So there is no black church. There is no white church. There is no black heaven and there is no white heaven. There is one heaven in which dwells righteousness and joy in the presence of the Lord and ten thousands and ten thousands and ten thousands and millions of people. All people are gathered around the throne singing holy, holy, holy to the Lamb of God. And it's not about your race. And I don't know what's going on in the world today, and it's so religious and it's so separate. Separate, separate. And they tell me that 11 o'clock is the most segregated hour of the week, Sunday. 
separate. This is not God. The, the body that he brings together, one body. Ephesians 2.16, if you're taking notes, and that he might reconcile them both in God in one body through the cross. One people. And man, can I get emotional about this? Absolutely. Because I thank God. Because you are proof that the world is not like that. There are people who love each other. There are people who love black people. And there are people who love white people. And God, through God, all things are possible. God has shown Rodney all things are possible through him. He's shown me. And I look at you every day. And all every Wednesday and every Sunday. And I'm so thankful that God has brought together one new body. Because it gives me hope. One guy said to me one time, he says, Rodney, you think that people see you as a black pastor? I said, I hope so. (laughs) You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.